Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. This is an incredibly personal and favorite and powerful episode that I am so grateful that I get to share with you. Today, we are getting to have a conversation with Coot Blackson. Coot is a transformational speaker and best-selling author. He is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. When you hear this episode, you're going to just be tapped in and in awe of the magic that he shares. He speaks at countless events he organizes around the world, as well as outside events, including AFEST, YPO, Young Presidents Organization, and EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. He is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, a select group of 100 of the world's foremost authorities in the personal development industry. Winner of the 2019 Unity Thought Leader Walden Award, Blackson is wildly considered a to be a next generation leader in the field of personal development. His mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. And that is what he shares in this episode. His two books, You Are the One and The Magic of Surrender, have both been very impactful books for me on my journey And I openly share in this episode how grateful I am to have this conversation with him today because his book, You Are the One, back in 2015 was one of my very first personal development books. And it really helped me to see the power of how you are the one and it is your responsibility to learn how to lead yourself. Today, we talk all about how our dreams choose us, how our dreams require us to be so honest with ourselves to stop telling ourselves lies and how we can own the knowing. And that is building a relationship with our truth, with our soul, and how this allows life to continually manifest through us, which I love how he explains this. The difference, we also talk about the difference between surrender and letting go, how powerful it is to learn how to surrender and how we can learn how to see the darkness as a gift in our lives, as it is the time where we go inward, where we have honest conversations with ourselves and we block out all of the outside noise and distractions. And that is incredibly powerful when we can learn how to do this. This will go down as one of my favorite episodes and one I am so grateful to be able to share with you. I encourage you to connect and follow with Coot's work as well as his books because he offers value every single day in how he speaks and how he shares and how big his vision is for what he wants to create in this world. So I know you're going to love this one. Welcome to the show today, Coot. I am absolutely thrilled to have you here. 
Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I want to share a little bit of a backstory that I didn't even get to share with you first. We're just going to dive into. I was introduced to personal development around 2014, 2015. And at that time, I was a parent who was dealing with teen substance abuse, was really feeling like I had failed on all levels as a person, as a human. Everybody kept talking about the word surrender. And I was like, that's crazy. That's quitting. I can't do that. And I was introduced to your book, You're the One. And it really hit me in a space and time of recognizing how, you know, you are the one and that you have to take responsibility for yourself and how you show up in the world. And so I just wanted to say thank you, first off, because that was actually very transformational for me. I spent a lot of years trying to fix, manage, and control my kids. And that's not, obviously, was not the way that it was meant to be. And through that path of actually learning how to surrender, was able to heal myself, rebuild relationships with my kids, and actually do the work that I get to do today. So I just wanted to start with that because that was something I want to say thank you. Awesome. I'm glad. Yeah. So surrender, we're going to jump a little bit into surrender. And I, we all know a lot of people think that means quitting. That means um, giving up. I would love for you to share what the word surrender is for you. And one of your first experiences where you had to surrender. Yeah. I think in our culture today, we have this idea that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender is giving up that if you surrender, you're waving the white flag, that if you surrender, you're going to get left behind, you're going to be a a doormat, you're going to be taken advantage of, you're going to be, you know, uh, trodden on. You won't manifest your goals, dreams, and desires if you surrender. If you surrender, you're going to get less in life. And I'm actually saying, no, if you really understand the real meaning, the real essence of true, authentic surrender, what if you didn't get less in life, but you actually got more? more than you could have planned, more than you could have imagined, more than you could have intended with your conscious, logical, human brain, ego's capacity to manifest and create your life. What Maybe maybe the more wouldn't be what you wanted, but what if it was better? What if it was more amazing? What if it was beyond? And, you know, so many of the, the best things in our life happen, that happened, are the things that we haven't planned, the things that we didn't know, the things that we did not intend. They just happened in the process of life happening. They just happened when everything fell apart, when we didn't get what we thought we wanted. And so I think that uh, surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings. I really believe, and this is through my lived experience, not just sort of ivory tower philosophy, scientific you know, research, like what I've lived and experienced and proven in my life, that surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do. That Mm -hmm. surrender is the real, real secret to manifestation. That surrender is the key to the next level of our lives. That surrender is the password to freedom. And if you look at the truly uh, great people, folks that have inspired me, maybe inspired some of you folks listening, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Mandela, uh, Martin Luther King, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, none of which were like weak little people that stood on the sidelines and were passive and, you know, gave up like strong, amazing, legendary, you know, iconic people. At some point, they all had to surrender themselves. 
they've reached the point in all in their lives where they surrendered themselves to life, to God, to the universe, to the divine, to to their soul, to the deepest, most authentic truth in their heart, in their being. And in that surrender, maybe their life didn't go in the direction that they thought. But in that surrender, life took them into the heart and the soul of their true destiny. In that surrender, they transcended their human limitations. They tapped into another dimension of their potential. And that's when life was able to manifest through them. Life was able to express through them. Life was able to create through them and live through them. And so I think what when we surrender, we start realizing that what what life can do through us is more than what we can do on our own. And so just to set the context, surrender is a, okay, yeah, it's a letting go of control, mm -hmm. or I should say the control that we thought we had, but we really didn't have. Right? Yeah. Control is a kind of master addiction. Surrender is when we stop trying to force life to be a certain way and force people to, keyword is force, force people to be a certain way so that we can open the flow so that we can become more organic, so that we can be more open, more available. It's when we let go of the idea of who we think we should be, how we think life should be, uh, so that we can take the limitations off of life and be open and available to the highest unfolding of what is seeking to happen in a given situation. And so surrender is an openness, it's an availability, it's a willingness to allow life in its infinite intelligence to show you. The old paradigm that we've been sort of brainwashed into believing is the ego-based model for living and creating life, which is all about what, like, what do you want? Know what you want, get clear on what you want, and make it happen. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't work to a degree, mm. but there are limitations to that way of living. The reason being, whatever we create from the level of the ego, the ego being that which we perceive ourselves to be, the ego is a it is still rooted in the conditioning of our past. And so whatever we create from the level of the ego is still conditioned in a sense. And so, and it's still limited because the ego is not able to see all possibilities of what is happening in life. And so at some point when you create from ego, you might achieve what you thought, keyword thought, you wanted. But when you achieve what you thought you wanted, many of us, we get to the point where we realize that what we thought we wanted was only what we thought we wanted based on who we thought we were. But if we're not in touch with our true, authentic nature, then what we think we want in many of the goals that we set is often a projection of unmet needs from childhood. And so we're still not happy. And so the question I'm inviting people to ask when we talk about surrender is not simply, what do I want? What do I, this limited sense of what I think myself to be? The question I'm inviting people to ask is, what is it that life wants to express to you? What is it that, that God the divine? What is it that my soul is seeking to express? What is it that, what is the deepest truth of what this, this deepest soul intelligence inside of me wants to manifest, wants to create, wants to say, wants to write, wants to express, and, and to become still and listen to our deep integrity, listen to our soul's intelligence. And then we can align our ego, our thinking, our affirmations, our visualization, our resources, our strategy, our goal setting, our money, align that with the authentic impulse of what is true. Then you are surrendering to what is authentic. You're surrendering to your soul. You're surrendering to your own inner intelligence. Then you take action. Then you can go 100% 
give 100% without attaching to the outcome. So surrender doesn't mean just sit down and do nothing. It means listen to what's true, like what's true, then take action on what is true, giving 100% without attachment. So let me let me stop there. But that's the context of surrender. Oh, that is just so incredibly powerful. You said, I think it's, I mean, I loved your book and I strongly, like I share it out. I loved it. You said surrender plus trust equals magic and control plus resistance equals suffering. And that one hits and ties in really well with what you were just sharing is this piece that, I mean, surrender, you are still an active participant, right? Like you are still an active, it's not sitting back. Mm -hmm. Which is the other thing that um, ties into something I, I think you say so beautifully is this piece that there's a lot of talk about manifesting, meaning that I just sit and I think and it happens. You talk a lot about surrendering and how surrendering and manifestation are tied together. Mm. I would love if you have anything you want to share on that. Yeah, look, I, I think many times, you know, we try to manifest things that aren't in alignment. We try to manifest what we think we should be manifesting because we look around on Instagram and the world and we're like, oh, this person has that. that person, I should have that. Or we're, still, we're trying to manifest what our parents wanted us to manifest. Or we're trying to manifest what we've been brainwashed to manifest. You know, manifest a career, become a doctor, manifest, you know, have 3.2 kids and live, live in a white picket fence house. And that's not what we truly want. And so, you know, we can only manifest to the degree that we are in touch with what's true. And so if we're not in touch with who we really are, what is authentic about us, then what we're going to try to manifest is going to be a lie. And if we end up living and basing our life on a lie, not intentionally, but just because we're conditioned on a lie, then we'll never be happy. We'll never be fulfilled, even if we manifest that. And when we when we end up feeling unhappy, unfulfilled, unconsciously, subconsciously, we'll end up trying to sabotage what we manifested. And so I tell people, look, there's nothing, our job is not to manifest anything. Our job is to remove the illusions, is to remove the blockages, is to remove the illusions, the blockages, the lies, the limitations that prevent us from getting in touch with who and what we are. Because when we remove these illusions, then we can get in touch with what we truly are. And then we can surrender. And then we can open to life. Then we can open to our soul. And that's when, that's why I say, that's when life begins to manifest through you. Life begins to create through you. Life begins to use you. Some of the things that you end up manifesting in your life won't be what you thought you wanted to manifest. Because as you let go and as you open, you begin to realize, oh, that's not what I really want. That's just what I thought I want. And I thought when I manifest that thing, because I didn't feel enough as a child, because I didn't feel loved as a child, because I didn't feel fill in the blank. I thought when I when I would get that car, when I would get that body, when I get that relationship, when I get that house, I would be enough and okay and validate and I'm worthy. And I got it and I still don't feel great. And so... I think we have to get in touch with like, who am I and what's true and what's real? And so I think that's, that's really the key. And, and so what I would also say just about manifestation is in life, you don't get what you want. I know there's a lot of books that you get whatever you, it's, 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 it's a lie. Yeah. I would say that to a degree, it's a, it's, it's either a limited understanding or you're just trying to be sold some, something. Mm -hmm. The truth is you don't get what you want in life. If that was the case, every self-help guru, everybody would basically be trillionaires. You don't get what you want. You don't get what you think about. You don't get what you visualize. 
You don't get what you pray about. You don't get what you affirm. You get what you are. You get what you are. And life, I would say life is kind of a mirror manifestation of your unconsciousness. You start attracting to you in life a reflection, a vibrational reflection of the situations, the experiences, the relationships, and the people that tend to vibrate at the similar level of consciousness of what you are in your most deeply held beliefs. So your job is to not try to like force things to happen out here. Your job is to heal, transform, and let go and release from yourself the internal traumas, blockages, you know, limitations, limiting ideas. As you let that go, your vibration rises. As your vibration rises, what you attract to you, not because you're trying to get it out there, but what you attract to you from your own inner way of being is mm -hmm. going to reflect something completely different. And so you don't get what you want, you get what you are. So I would say, look at what you, what, what you are attracting in your life as a whole and ask yourself, do I like what I see? If you don't like what you see, don't point at the mirror and at the world. Instead, change yourselves. What is life showing me about what I believe about myself? What is life showing me about how I feel about myself? What is life showing me about what I believe about life? And I believe about the universe and I believe about relationship and I believe about people. Because if we can shift those belief systems and ideas and emotions inside, we'll begin to vibrate differently, uh, feel differently, see differently and attract differently. And so I, I think that's the key. So surrender manifestation is not a process of addition. It's a process of subtraction. It's a process of letting go. The next level of your life requires the next level of you. The next level of you requires that you let go of what's not in alignment, what is no longer vibrational match. And so many of us, and I've been there, many of us, we try to manifest as an example. We want to manifest our soulmate. Oh, I want to manifest my soulmate. Maybe folks listening, I really want to manifest big love in my soulmate. Yet we are hanging out in relationship with, dating, having sex with, spending time with low vibrational frequency, toxic people in our lives. Mm -hmm. Saying, well, universe, when my soulmate shows up, then I'll like, let this go. Doesn't work that way. The next level of your life requires the next level of you, which requires that you let go of what is no longer a vibrational match. But what we tend to do as human beings is we tend to hold on to what is no longer aligned out of familiarity, safety, comfort, right? Self-preservation and not realizing that holding on to what's no longer a vibrational match simply keeps us stuck. So the key to manifest the next level is let go. You want to manifest your soulmate? Here's, here it is. Release everyone and everything that's not in alignment. Stop going and dating and hanging out with, with people that you know aren't good for you. You know are vibrational, not a vibrational match. You know energetically don't make you feel high vibing because when you have, you could say, the wrong people, energies in your field, in your aura, in your life, when you're sort of spending time and putting your energy there, you are repelling that which you want. You are repelling that which you want to manifest because there's no space in your field. There's no space in your energy. There's no. There's less space in your heart for the high vibrational manifestation of what you want. So I would say, you want to manifest? Clear the space. Let it go. Release it. But could, what if I don't? You holding on to that which is not aligned is your affirmation of your lack of trust in the universe. You holding on to that which you doesn't want is actually your prayer and affirmation. And so 
I would say we could start there. Let go. Look at your life. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go of the people. Yes, people might say, but but I'm going to lose friends. You will lose friends. Mm-hmm. That's part of the surrender. You will have to surrender that which is not working so that you can make space. But what you will do is you will make space. Part of manifestation is clearing the space, subtraction, clearing the space. Now, as the space is clear in your mind, in your heart, in your life, in your field, then there is space for new energies, new possibilities, new vibrational, you know, matches to flow into your life. It's like if you have a closet full of old clothes from 20 years ago, there's no space for new clothes. You, so many of us, our, our psychic spiritual closet is, 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 is packed with old stuff. But you can't manifest from that place. You can't. I mean, honestly, absolutely love what you're saying in this space. I just picture, I had this visual as you're saying this. It's like a spider's web that you just like cut the ties of the things that are not serving you, that are not like, that are not meant to come with you. And as humans, I mean, space is uncomfortable. Why do you think that we shove so much into our day? Like we're literally being um, stimulated at all ends because space makes people uncomfortable. Is that because that's the time where it's like you actually do come face to face and recognize that like, this is not my truth. This is not what I want. Wait, I'll think about that tomorrow. That's tomorrow. I'll deal with that then. Is that like, why are we so uncomfortable with space? Yeah, I think think we are uncomfortable with space, stillness, and silence, right? Because space, then when we have space, we actually start to see what's there. We have space and still, we actually start getting in touch with what's real. When there's clutter in our lives, we can't really see. It's kind of like a a game that the ego plays. We can't really see where the gold is because it's cluttered with with so much junk, right? And and so I think many times we play, we, we stay busy running around, running around, running around because we're deeply afraid that if I become still and I stop, and I look clearly, I might actually get in touch with the truth of what I actually feel. You see, one of the things that keeps us stuck from breaking through, from surrendering, from manifesting all the lies that we tell ourselves. As human beings, we are constantly, for reasons which we can get into, we're constantly lying to ourselves about who we are, about what we want, about what we feel. We stay in relationships that we know are not right. We know it's not right, but we stay out of, you know, guilt, Self-preservation, fear, scarcity, lack. What will other people think? We work jobs that we hate. We say yes when we mean no. We betray ourselves. But to truly manifest, to truly surrender, to truly live a fulfilling life, we have to be willing to tell the truth to ourselves. We have to be willing. And so one of the ways that we avoid the truth is we busy ourselves. We run around. We go here. We do. We're so busy. Half of us, we don't even know why we're so busy, but we're just busy for being busy. We're in the business of busyness because if we're busy, then we don't have to like be still and actually connect to what we know, connect to what is true, connect to what is real. And so busyness becomes an avoidance. So we end up playing this game of confusion. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my truth is. I'm so busy. I don't, I don't have time to sit and think. I don't know. I don't know if this relationship is right for me. I don't know if the job is right. We know deep down. We know there is a part of us that knows everything because at the deepest level, we are everything. We're connected to everything. And when we have space and stillness and we stop, we start getting in touch with the truth. And so it's it's a self-protective mechanism. And so what I would just invite people to do as a starting place is ask themselves the question, 
What lies am I telling myself? Simple. What lies am I telling myself? And stop and sit and listen. There is no transformation without truth. You have to want the truth more than you want what you have. You have to want the truth more than you want what you think about. But if you're willing to tell yourself the truth, everything in your life will start to change. Everything. The things that we pray about will resolve because the truth will set you free. And so I think if we can start with the truth, this is key. You know, it's the ego that resists the truth. The ego, that which we mistakenly believe ourselves to be based on our conditioning, right, from childhood programming, memories, past history, beliefs, ideas, now we identify with as this is who I am. We mistakenly believe ourselves to be either ego, life and society conditions us to believe we are this ego, the degree to which we believe we are this ego is the degree to which we're not free and the degree to which we are sort of limited. The job of the ego is to reinforce its existence. The ego doesn't want to change that which we believe ourselves to be. Ego doesn't want to change. The ego wants everyone else to change. Mm -hmm. The ego wants our spouse to change, the president to change, our pet chihuahua to change, you know, our kids to change. Ego doesn't want to change because the ego's job is to protect its, preserve its sense of identity reinforces identity. That's the ego's job. And the ego's job is to protect you from getting hurt again like you were hurt when you were young. It's well-intended. It's well-intended. It's just limiting. So the ego is a reaction and a response to life and things that happened when we were younger. Dad wasn't around. Mom wasn't around. Mom and dad were fighting. It was too painful. So we learned all sorts of adaptive patterns to disconnect, not feel, erect walls around our hearts, you know, uh, protect ourselves, stay closed, not open our hearts, not be open, go into our mind, overanalyze, create all sorts of control patterns just to function and survive, which works for us when we were five, but stops working for us when we're 10, 15, stops working for us, let's say, when we're 20, 30, 40, 50, starts becoming limited. Mm-hmm. But the ego is well intended. The ego is a creation from conditioned responses to protect us. So if we can start becoming aware of this, right? This is why the ego gets set and the ego doesn't want to change. And that's why we, we busy ourselves. Because if I'm busy, 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 then I must be real. I must exist. If I'm busy, 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 then I don't have to get in touch with the truth because if I get in touch with the truth, I might have to change. So if I don't get in touch with the truth, then I don't have to change and I can stay safe. And so it can feel scary for the ego, that which we perceive ourselves to be, to change, to let go, to surrender. Denial is one of the ways we avoid that. It's self-protection. So I think if we can just understand that without judgment, like, oh, what's wrong with me? No, 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 no. Understand it. Like, oh, I see. I see what I'm doing. And I see that ego is just trying to protect me. Then we can just start to meet our resistance, our denial, our lying, so to speak, with with compassion. Like, I understand. I I understand. And I think if we can meet the ego's resistance with some compassion, because for the ego, surrender feels like a death. It feels like, and so it resists. So if we can understand, oh, the ego just resisting because it's just trying to keep me safe because it's afraid. It's afraid that if I open my heart again to love and let go and surrender, 
I might not get my needs met like I didn't when I was five. And that was painful. And I never want to feel that pain again. So I'm going to go through my life closed. And even though I'm going through my life closed, I may never get hurt and never get disappointed. I'm not open to love. So, so if we can become conscious and aware of, I see why the ego is holding on and staying closed rather than judging to just meet ourselves with compassion and loving and kindness and some tenderness and just like hold our hand, hold our hearts through the process and see, bring loving to those parts of ourselves that are hurting because healing is bringing loving to those parts of ourselves that are hurting. That is absolutely beautiful. Like I just, I just love that. And that hits so, so close to home. And I know people are going to relate to that in this space. I can hear how much further we could go if we would learn to not resist those parts of ourselves. Yes. And not judge, not resist, like not shame, not criticize and meet it with, um, meet ourselves more with compassion. So I often joke that I could feel when I was doing a lot of this work earlier, still doing the work all the time, but this, when the resistance comes up, it's like, I almost had a little bit of a sense of humor, not self-deprecating, but a sense of humor. It's like, oh, Marsha, you're safe. This is like, this is fine. You're fine. It's not, this is the ego's job. This is what it's doing. Yeah. And it's beautiful. You know, it's like, it's all we knew how to do when we were young. We've just kept doing it. And so and so if we can understand, like, oh, I don't have to fight the ego. I just get no. to love it and hold it. Sometimes surrender is to surrender to the fact we're not surrendered and just to meet ourselves with loving. And if we can hold the resistance and the ego with just some compassion, then the ego doesn't have to fight. The ego can kind of relax. Mm-hmm. And that's when surrender can blossom and healing can happen. And then healing can happen. And because we're in a state of we're almost a more relaxed state, we're open to also receiving, right? Like if we're in this constant constricted state, I mean, I often say the universe could show up at my door with every single dream that I say that I want, but I say, I'm sorry, my hands are full. I can't, I can't take any right now. And and the universe would say, just put it down. Like just stop carrying all these things that are not yours to carry. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, you talk a lot about, and this is going to tie in to just what you did say here, but our dreams choose us. So, so many times we have this, you know, this dream might come in, this idea comes in and it's like, Ooh, I, I mean, I want to create that. I want to go in that direction, but then you might even start and take it, taking the action steps. Maybe you don't get there that way, or maybe you actually get somewhere completely different. But how many times do we have this idea, like this, the dreams, we hear them, we feel them, we see them, we get excited. And then it's like, oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't know if that's for me or the doubt kicks in. So what do you mean when you say our dreams choose us? Yeah, simply our dreams choose us. We think we choose our dreams, but our dreams choose us. I believe our dreams choose us because we are the perfect person to fulfill those dreams. Everything that you have been through, Every pain, every heartbreak, every divorce, every bankruptcy, every screw up, every toxic relationship, every abuse from everything you've been through from your entire life to now has perfectly prepared you to develop the mental, emotional, spiritual muscles and understanding to be able to be the person that's capable of having a unique perspective to speak to the world and serve the world in only the way that you can. And so I believe our dreams choose us because we're the perfect, we're perfect. You know, not perfect, but we're perfect in our imperfections. 
And so I think we have to trust that. And if our dreams choose us, then our dreams don't belong to us. They belong mm. to life. And if our dreams belong to life, then our job is not to manifest those dreams. Our job is just to say yes to those dreams. Encoded in those dreams are the seed for its fulfillment. And so if that's the case, our job is to say yes. When we say yes, then we're available and open. And that's when life in its intelligence starts working, starts moving. I'm sure my, uh, Mother Teresa had no idea how she was going to fulfill her dream. I don't think it's possible that no. she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up one person and then I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this grandmaster plan. And I'm going to be Mother Teresa in 10 years. You can't plan that. I'm sure Mandela didn't have a plan saying, well, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to spend 27 years in prison. I'm going to come out of prison 27 years and then I'm going to be the doesn't happen that way. Same with Martin Luther King. Same with Gandhi, right? But they felt an impulse and they just started. The challenge is many of us, we feel that impulse. We do. We're like, ah, do that. Ah, and then we put a cap on it. Ego kicks in and goes, well, why and how? And see, the ego starts to overanalyze everything and try to understand everything. And this is another method of control. We mistakenly think that if I can understand and control everything, then I won't get hurt. Because if I can analyze and understand everything, then I'm going to be in control and I won't get hurt like I got hurt when I was five, when I didn't understand what the hell was going on. And so this this mechanism of trying to understand and analyze everything, which then blocks us from our intuition and creativity, is a well-intended method of keeping us safe. It's just limiting. It's just limiting. And so part of it is we have to learn to meet ourselves with compassion so that we can get out of our own way and just take one step at a time. Like, okay, you feel an impulse? You don't have to know where you're going to get to exactly where you need to be. You don't have to have all the steps figured out. But just, I tell people, just say yes. Like, okay, universe, I feel this thing. My answer is yes, I'm available. Here to me is a key, is a key code. Tell the universe, tell yourself, use me, I'm available. When you say, I'm available, use me, then you activate a power inside of you, an energy, a resource inside of you that you're not even aware of yet. But when you say, use me, life, universe, that's when the magic happens. You know, that's when the magic happens. And so uh, then you just take a step. I tell people, take a step. You take another step. When you take a step, life will reveal to you the next step. You take another step, life reveals to you the next step. Take another step. But most of us, we're sitting on the sideline. We have this vision and we sit there trying to figure out the entire 700 steps of the fulfillment of this thing to the end. And then we don't take a step. The thing is, when you don't take a step and you live on the sidelines, you don't take a step. You don't go through the journey and the growth and the learning that you would go if you took that step. And then when you take, if you don't take that step, you don't take the next step. You don't go through the growth, the journey, the evolution that comes from taking that next step. And if you don't grow and evolve and go through the journey, you don't become more of the person. You don't become more of the person, then you're not capable of the fulfilling the vision. It's like saying, I want to lift 400 pounds, you know, it, okay, but if you haven't lifted 15, how are you going to lift 400? So many of us are waiting to lift 400, but, but if you take the step is, is equivalent to like, okay, let me lift 20 pounds. Oh, I can do that. Let me lift 30 pounds. Oh, I can do that. Let me lift 40 pounds. Oh, I can do that. Let me lift. And then each step of the way prepares you more so that you're able to handle more and life can give you more 
And that's the key. Life reveals to you the next step in the process of living life itself. But most of us are busy trying to figure out life from the sidelines. You cannot figure out life from the sidelines. Life is bigger than your mind. And you cannot figure out life from the current perspective of your consciousness. It's impossible. So you don't have to figure life out. Take the step. There is something inside you that knows. And I think that's that's the key. We, part of surrender is allowing life to lead you, allowing life to guide you. And the truth is, we kind of trust. People say, well, how do I trust? But the truth is, we all have trust. Even the most least trusting person, you have trust. You trusted that person who was clearly not right for you to go into a relationship. You have trust. You just trust in the wrong thing. You know, you, you got into an airplane and flew on a metal contraption in the middle of the air, you know, and just hung out there like nobody's business. And you didn't even know if anyone was flying the damn thing. You know, that's trust. That's yeah. trust. We trust Siri on our phone more than we trust the universe. Hey, Siri, how do I get to turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right? We don't even question. We don't even question. And so we have trust. We're just often not trusting in life, in the intelligence, in the universe. So I would say, look, connect with your body. Connect with your body. If everyone, you just connect with your body and notice your breath, how it's happening. Your breath is happening. Look what's happening. Even in spite of you, without you, there's breath happening. I'm you and I are not sitting here going, breathe, breathe. It's just happening. Like, so what, what is breathing you? We don't trust when we're just being breathed every day, even when we're asleep. It's just breath is happening. You know, it's just going on. It's like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. There is a power and an intelligence, an infinite intelligence that is inside of us. It knows what to do. Cut your finger. It knows what to do. You know, I had my smoothie this morning. My digestion knew what to do. How is it that my eyeball doesn't turn into a smoothie? There is an intelligence, right? That knows. It knows. You eat a piece of salmon for lunch. How comes your hand doesn't turn into a salmon? There's an intelligence that knows there are trillions and trillions and trillions of cells inside of you that know exactly what to do. It knows how to do it. And we don't, we don't, we don't trust. So I would say each person sit for five minutes a day. Just tune into your body. Get in sync with your body, with nature. Somehow, then I would say go into nature. Spend some time in nature. Observe nature, the trees. The sky, the sun, every day the sun shines, like every day the night comes, every day the moon comes. I mean, there's a, there's a rhythm, there's a cycle and we don't trust nature. We don't trust life. Like, wait a second. Life is showing us that there is a intelligence. Somehow we've just lost touch with our connection to nature and our connection to our nature and our connection to the fact that we are a part of nature. And so I think if we can start to return to our own nature, nature, then we can start to trust life again. And I think we've lost some of that connection to the rhythm of life. Mm. There's just so much power in what you're saying there. And it's making me think I have this 70-year-old tree in my backyard, my favorite thing in my house. I literally will sit under that. And I'm in Canada. So we actually do see the, the seasons more than some places, yes, yes, right? Yes. And it was funny because my neighbor said, you know, we had a really warm spell and then the trees looked like they were trying to come. And she's like, when is it going to come? And I'm like, it's going to open up when it's ready to open up. 
well, it's later than last year. And I'm like, yep. And it's earlier than the year before. Like we're in, it's, it's not that it's on April 30th, do the leaves open mm-hmm. up and it's done. And so I just had a moment where I was laughing, looking under that tree about a month ago and going, I wonder when those leaves are going to open up. Like they're going to open up when they're ready to open up. You know, and, and that's the thing with life too, right? When things don't manifest according to, well, first I'll just say this. I'm going to give four reasons why things don't manifest and what to do. Because I think that will help people with the conversation we're having. But if, if everyone sits here and if you look back at your life at some of the things, that, let, let's be specific. Let's take a relationship. Everyone's been in a relationship probably. And if you look back five years, 10 years, however many years back in the past, and you were madly in love, you were madly in love with that person. You met, you were like, I met my soulmate, my forever person. You saw a life, rest of your life with this person. You're going to have kids with this, but you couldn't imagine not being with this person. I think everyone is imagining someone, right? And you, that, and then it didn't work out. And you were devastated and heartbroken and mad at God and the universe and life and didn't think you were going to find love again. Now, 2023, when we're making this conversation, you look back and you think, thank God that didn't work out. Thank God that didn't happen. Like, but you so wanted it, then you couldn't imagine. And so what happened, right? Some of the things that we so wanted. So I would say when things don't go according to plan, is sometimes grace. I don't just thank God for the things in my life that have gone the way I wanted. I say thank God for the prayers that weren't answered. But many times when we go through an experience, from the ego's perspective, we're not always able to understand why in that moment because we're in our ego. So the ego is not able to understand why. But often, years later, we're able to look back and in the total tapestry of life, we're able to understand why things didn't go according to plan, why things didn't work out. And so I think when things don't go according to plan in our manifestation and we're questioning and we're wondering and we're losing trust, here's a couple of things I want you to understand. Number one, I I would say step back, breathe, and get curious. Get curious. Rather than saying, I'm not enough. Life doesn't love me. It's never. No, no, no. Step back, observe, and get curious. Curiosity is availability and openness. Curiosity allows you to be receptive to life. Curiosity means you're open to life showing you what is seeking to happen because I can guarantee that life is kind of rearranging things and orchestrating things on your behalf. You just may not be able to see it right now. So when things don't go go according to plan, first reason or manifest, first reason is this. Perhaps the thing that you are intending or wanting to manifest is not in alignment with your soul's highest good. And so sometimes we just want things that we want and we want it now, but it may not be in alignment with your soul's highest good. So step back. Mm-hmm. It's kind of course correction from the universe. Step back and like ask yourself, what's true? What's real? Reassess rather than trying to push and force harder. Step back, go deeper, connect more deeply. Number two, it just may not be timing yet. It's, it's, it's just not the se- it's not the season yet, right? It's not, it's not. It's, 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 it's February in Canada and I might come to Canada and say, Hey, you know, Marsha, <laughs> I, I, I brought my swim trunks. I want to swim in the, in, in the, on the beach in Canada. You're going to look at me like, you are crazy. And I can do my affirmations and my meditations and visualizations. And it, it's February in Canada, man. Sorry. It's just <laughs> the flow of nature. It's just, and so sometimes we just want what we want when we want it. Mm-hmm. But there is a rhyme and a reason. 
There's a time for everything under the sun. So we have to learn the cycle and seasons that we're in and the seasons of life. So we have to trust divine timing. Step back, be patient, cultivate yourself. Number three, this is one that most people miss. You still have not learned the lessons that your soul needs to learn where you are right now with who you're with. Life is a school. We're souls that we incarnate into this human experience in order to learn, to grow, to evolve. Life is like a school for our soul's growth and evolution. And every relationship, every experience is like the, the curriculum and the teacher. And so if things aren't manifesting, what we tend to do is push more. But if you have not learned the lesson where you are with who you're with, all lessons are repeated until learned. And so by not learning the lesson, you keep yourself stuck in cycles, looping over and over again. You keep yourself at that level. So step back rather than pushing and go, what am I not learning? What am I not seeing? What is my soul seeking to learn in this experience? Because if you can learn and grow and evolve, you transcend that energy, you transcend that experience, and you unlock the lock to the next level of manifestation in your life. That is beautiful. Thank you. I love how you're explaining it in this way. There's a lot of things I see out there online when they talk about manifestation that I'm like, ah, that just doesn't feel like, and people then assume they're doing something wrong. They're doing something wrong. They're not doing this, et cetera. So I love how you've shared this. There is one um, thing that I've heard you say, and I think this is really powerful for a lot of people to hear, is that darkness is a gift. There have been many times in my life where like, we walked through really dark years. And I can honestly say, I wish I didn't have to walk through those years, but I wouldn't get to do the work that I do today without them. I wouldn't have the relationships that I've had. In a lot of ways, the darkness has been a gift. But I know that that in itself can be quite triggering for some people because it's like that. How can you say something like that? So I just, I want to hear your thoughts on why can darkness be a gift? You know, the truth is we all came from darkness. Mm -hmm. We were all in our mother's womb for nine months in the darkness. And in the darkness, we gestated. And in the darkness, we grew, we expanded, we evolved. There was nowhere to go in our mother's womb. We had to sit and be. And we had to grow and form. And so many of us want to become the light, but we don't want to face our darkness. We don't want to face the darkness. We don't want to go in the darkness. But here's the thing. If you're going through a dark time in your life right now, life seems lost, life seems challenging. I would say don't despair. You are potentially in the most transformative moments of your life. You're potentially in a moment where as a caterpillar, you have entered the cocoon. And this darkness is an opportunity to reassess, to let go, to die to who you were. This darkness is an opportunity to let go of everything you know and be reborn and be remade anew. And so if you're in a moment of darkness, let go, let go. Because when you let go and you feel like perhaps you're falling, the bad news is you're falling. The good news is maybe there's no ground in the way that you thought. And so embrace the darkness and use the darkness to transform yourself, to reinvent yourself. Because you see, when there's darkness, 
You can't see anything. There's nowhere to run and there's nowhere to hide. In the darkness, there's nothing you have to look to. When there's light and everything's well, you can run over here, go to Vegas, hang out with friends, go here, go there, shiny objects, run around. You can kind of avoid certain things if you want. But when there's darkness, there's nowhere to go. You look around and all you see is black, void, nothing, darkness. That kind of, that's why I say surrender to them, because it forces you to look inside. Because there's no, whenever you look outside, there's nothing to see. So it forces you to look inside. And the darkness is serving to invite you deeper into looking inside. And if you dare to look inside, you will find and connect with an infinite strength, an infinite power of your soul that you didn't know was there. You didn't, that was not previously accessible to you. And so that darkness is forcing you inside to find out that light, which can only be found inside of you, that you will not find when the lights are on outside of you. And so the darkness is serving you to find your own light. And that ties so well with everything that you've said. Darkness is really can be a, t- a time of space time of going inward, a time of like letting go of things that we don't need to be holding onto energetically. And that is also a time where we can become more honest with ourselves and stop telling some of the lies that we know that we're saying that aren't serving us and aren't helping us to move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Well, I want to respect your time because I know, yeah, no, honestly, this has just been a beautiful conversation. I absolutely loved your book, The Magic of Surrender. I could talk to you. I have so many things I could talk to you about, but I just honestly have appreciated your time. I would love it if you would share with everyone where they can connect, follow, and learn more about you. Yeah, look, I would say get the book, The Magic of Surrender, because a lot of the the, the gems and the roadmap to surrender is simply written in that book. You can find it on Amazon. That's number one. Number two, I would say if, if people are really serious and you're, you know, you're really ready perhaps for the next level of your life, I have a special invitation. Um, twice a year, I do an event, a very special life changing event. I would say it's my deepest work. It's my most transformative work. For the last 10 years, I've done these very special transformational seminars to Bali. Mm. Uh, it's called Boundless Bliss. Uh, boundless bliss, the Bali breakthrough experience. So I would say if you're someone and you feel you kind of have a knowing that you've been put on the planet for a bigger reason than yourself, you feel ready to heal, transform, release your past, connect to your true power, um, share your gifts with the world and you feel that your time is now. Um, and you feel like you're ready for that next level. I just would invite you to join me on a journey that will change your life. It's 12 days, Bali. This is my final year, 2023, doing this event uh, because I'm creating other events, larger scale events. Uh, You can go to www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's boundlessblissbali.com. Find out all the info there, apply there. The next journey is July, depending on people listen, July the 28th through August the 8th. And we have another event in December. Um, People can also go to Instagram, Coop Blackson. Follow me, Facebook, Coot Love Now, my podcast, Soul Talk. My main website is cootblackson.com, K-U-T-E, blackson.com. 
Mm, Beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I want to say as a special thank you that thank you for stepping into your gifts when you were probably, I know you navigated, we didn't even get into that part of the story, but there's a lot about your story of really coming to your truths at 17 and 18 years old, right? Mm -hmm. Having to do and make some decisions that were, took a tremendous amount of courage but you stepped into your gifts by practicing surrender and being honest and true to yourself. And um, it's been impactful. And I just want to thank you for that. Thank you. I have one quick question for you. And it's my favorite question that I ask everyone. And it is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Wow. Um, I would say, you know, my mother died in 2017 and I got to spend a year with her on and off, right, between chemo sessions. And I was in L.A. She was in London flying back and forth from London, L.A. to London to see her one week out of every month. And when I would, I would go and I would sit with my mother in her chemo sessions and hold her hand for eight hours a day. And we would talk about life and everything and nothing. Um, the only regret I have in my life, I'll be honest, the only regret I have in my life was... Why did I not spend more time with my mother? I thought I had time. There were so many things I planned to do, but I was too busy to do because I was busy saving the planet, saving the world, which I don't regret. But I realized in that moment that the only regret I really have is not spending more time with her. And so the truth is, we're all going to die. None of us know when that moment's going to come. So if there's people in your life that you love, What's unsaid? What's ungiven? What's unexpressed? Don't waste time. You don't have tomorrow. We think we have tomorrow, but we don't. And so I would just say, love now. Get your priorities straight. Love fully now. And I believe when you do, everything else will flow and take care of itself. Mm-hmm. It does. I I mean, as a mother, honestly, that part of the book um, was beautiful. So she sounded like she was an incredible an incredible human. And honestly, I just love how you shared that part in the book. So thank you you. so much. Oh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.